Well, Baruch Hashem Yahuwah, I have no teaching for you this afternoon because I destroyed the teaching that I was going to do today. I didn't destroy it, but it is not what I feel the Father wants to communicate to his people. You haven't seen me for a day because I took off. I took off yesterday because I really needed to focus, be refreshed, and understand supernaturally through the Ruach HaKodesh what on earth is going on at Torah to the Tribe Sukkot 2019. What a blessing! But I have encountered a lot, as some of you have, and some of you, the real blessed ones amongst you, are oblivious of. <laughs> <laughs> but in my position, when there's filth the fly, it always hits me. <laughs> and um, I often find myself in predicaments that I think, I do not want to be here. How on earth did I get here? And what is going on? So, I left yesterday with my family and the Salernos, and we went to Wildlife Safari, and the highlight of my day was when my daughter had, they were charging $5 for a little bit, we figured out it was dog food. So they're making about 500 bucks a bag of dog food at Wildlife Safari. The highlight of my day was when my children were feeding the emu through the car window on top of my wife's lap. Which means an emu was trying to peck at my wife's lap. And of course, I started to encourage my children, put it by her head, put it by her head. And we, we caught the whole thing on video, and it was absolutely phenomenal, and I needed a light day of comic relief. But, all that to say this, I did, I really have... Um, been seeing a lot going on with Yahuwah's people in the camp. Many good things. Ra, evil things. Tov, good things. So today, I thought I need to deliver something that I believe Yahuwah has put on my heart, made sense of things for me, that I pray that I can communicate clearly to you. So I'm going to wing it because I believe the power of Yahuwah is with his people. And it's very simple. And it does tie in with the whole message, which is bind betwixt. Bind betwixt, the place in between. But I went away yesterday to be able to deliver this now, which is totally not being prepared. And it is, though, still bind betwixt, in between. But in between, not what I plan to deliver today, but a message of in between, bind betwixt, and you can guess it, those of you that are astute, astute, in between chaos and order. In between chaos and order. And we can all come to the Feast of Tabernacles which is Yahweh's 
ordering of things. But what happens when you bring your chaotic life into the camp of the righteous, thinking that just by coming to something that Yahweh's ordered in the scriptures, that you're going to have good happen to you. Because in your chaos brings forth evil. You wheel in your chaotic life and you expect good things to happen. It doesn't happen that way. Chaos brings forth evil. And an ordered life brings forth blessing. A chaotic life will bring forth evil. Even if you try to show up at Yahuwah's good things of order, your chaotic life will not find a place to hide here. It will manifest its wicked evil. And your ordered life, where you have been wrestling with Yahuwah, to be a good husband, to be a good wife, to be a good father, to be a good grandfather and mother, it will manifest goodness. Because that's the order of things. But those little foxes that try to come in and spoil the vines. Turn with me to Bereshit, Genesis chapter 12. No, Exodus chapter... I told you I've got no notes. Exodus chapter 12. We're all coming out of Egypt, aren't we? Yes. Verse 37. Exodus chapter 37. Exodus chapter 12, verse 37. Then the children of Israel journeyed from Ramesses to... Sukkot, about 600,000 men on foot besides children. It was chaos. It was an absolute chaotic mixed multitude. Chaos, wickedness, disorder. And Yahweh is trying to order things. Turn with me to Numbers chapter 2. Now, if I'm shouting, which I am, it's not at you, it's with you. Okay? So, I'm not shouting at you, I'm not mad at you. It's the Ruach HaKodesh in me upset at chaos, upset at sin, and that's what it is. So I'm not shouting at you. I love you all, but you have to understand, when there's filth to fly, it always sticks to me, because that's the position that I'm in. And sometimes I get the really beautiful, good stuff, but sometimes, oftentimes, I get the filthy, ugly stuff too. But we all need to understand, we are leaving Egypt, we're coming to Sukkot, and it was a chaotic, chaotic, disorderly bunch. It was a mixed multitude, and Yahuwah says, out of the chaos, I'm going to bring some order. 
I'm going to bring some order. Numbers chapter 2, we find. And Yahweh spoke to Moshe and Aaron saying, Every one of the children of Israel shall camp by his own standard beside the emblems of his father's house. They shall camp some distance from the tabernacle of meeting. Yahuwah brings order to the chaos in Numbers chapter 2. Now, using metaphor, we can look at this and see, well, what happens when people refuse to order their life? It's because they want to stick in the chaos because they want to live by their own standards and they're not willing to leave their father's emblems behind. There's the metaphor, the allegory for you just right there. Too many people are stuck with the sin of their forefathers. They want to live by their own standards and then come and reap the blessings of Yahuwah's order, which are his Sabbaths, his pilgrimage feasts. And it's not right. It's not right. And I've learned a lot this year at Suco, and we are growing as a ministry, and we're going to be putting some order, order in how you pray, what we will accept. And I don't care if you like it or don't like it. We'll give you the scripture. We'll give you the verses on why we do things this way and why we don't do things that way, because there needs to be some order. Because there's a mixed multitude, and we're just starting off. There isn't a demon behind every single bush. There isn't a demon behind every single person. Sometimes it's because there's so much chaos in your life that you just see evil everywhere. Because chaos lets you see evil. Because I don't see evil everywhere. I see blessings, multiplicity, raising up a family in Yahuwah's wonderful feasts and festivals, having a beautiful wife and a blessed marriage. I don't see a devil behind everything because I'm wrestling with Yahuwah and I'm not blaming it all on my disorderly life before. Bad things happen to me in my life. Bad things happen to me in life, my life, and most probably worse things than a lot of you. But guess what? That doesn't define me. I don't live in the past. I'm reaching for the kingdom. You guys, some of you, and I'm not talking and preaching to you, I'm passionate because I really believe this is something we all need. It's not that bad things didn't happen. It's that now they have happened. What are you going to do about it? Every single person in this room, bad things have happened to you. When will you choose to step out of the chaos and into order? And if you keep dwelling on the bad things that happened to you in the past, you are living 
in chaos and you will see evil. You will see a demon behind every person, every confrontation, every conflict will be a devil, will be a demon. Well, you know that sister, she has got a demon. No, you just weren't willing to sit down and do some conflict resolution so you blamed it on her and that she has a demon. No, she doesn't. You just need to grow up and have a conversation and get over your past. Now, it's what you're going to do. It's not what happened back then. And when you look and live back there, you're living in the chaos. And when you look forward to the kingdom of Yahuwah, you're living and reaching out for order. And that is what Yahuwah wants for all of us, to order the footsteps of our life. Self-pity. Self-doubt, devils behind everybody and everything, it's chaos. It's absolute chaos. Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. There was chaos and randomness. And Yahweh spoke forth his powerful word and he brought in order. And now let's bring us to where we live today. There was chaos and void and chaos everywhere. And Yahweh spoke forth and he brought forth order. Yahweh's perfect will. Yahweh's permissive will is that he gave man free choice. Yep. And then man sinned and brought back in what? Chaos. And now Yahweh is not a tyrant. And he restricts his power because man made a choice to invite chaos back in the world. So now we live Bind betwixt, between order and chaos because of man's sovereign will. And then he sent in his son to do the work of redemption to bring back order, the Malkitzedic order of things, that through his blood you can find order and be redeemed and saved from the ravishes of destruction. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. And even if you've accepted the blood of Yahushua and brought order into your, big Christian word for you, salvific life, right? You're still living in the world and every day your physical body, your emotional body, has to deal bind betwixt chaos and order. I'm not talking salvation here because Yahushua's salvific order brings you into the Malkitzedic order. That's a spiritual thing and it's true and real. But we still have to deal with the fact that we live in a chaotic world and it will finally be brought back into order on the seventh day, in Revelation chapter 20, 
one, and we haven't arrived there yet. So there's a lot of chaos trying to come in Yahweh's order, his Malkitzedic order. Everyone tracking with me? Because I'm just winging this, okay? It's birthed from experience here at Sukkot with Yahuwah, what is going on with your people and how can I help them? That's my heart, the heart of a father. You don't need more teachers, you need more fathers. That's what the Apostle Paul said. Pockets of chaos exist in our world and Yahuwah chooses to restrict his power to allow that to happen. Not everything bad that happens in your life is because Yahuwah willed it. It's just not so. Colossians chapter 1 verse 15. Speaking of the preeminence of the Malkitzedic high priest, Yahusha the Messiah, he is the in the image of the invisible Yahuwah, the firstborn over all creation, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones, oh yes, thrones and dominions, because we're dealing with a lot of principalities, that people are blaming for the fact that they've chosen to stay in the chaos. But I'm not saying that there aren't principalities behind, but there is cause and effect. If you still choose to live in the chaos, you're going to see a demon behind every bush and behind every person that you don't get along with. Abdication of moral, civil, and biblical responsibility and you try and sneak into the camp of the righteous, you will be found out and then kicked out. <laughs> Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things exist and consist. He is the head of the body, the assembly who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. So the solution to the chaos is Yahusha himself. Can we all be in agreement to that? Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. But too many people looking at allegory and metaphor of Numbers chapter 2, want to live and stay in their own standards and they stick to their father's house and all of that generational iniquity that they are so familiar with. And then it's the game of blame shift. Blame shift on the demon behind the bush, the demon on top of the person's shoulder that you just seem to have a problem with rather than dealing with the reality that you live in chaos and you see ra'ah, evil everywhere. Because with chaos, it is evil. But with order, 
there is goodness. I see goodness everywhere. And then I beat myself up and I go, you are so naive, Matthew. Why is it you're always seeing the good in people? And then something bad happens, I think, I, sh I shouldn't have been. But then I'm, I'm glad I'm like that, because you know what? I believe in the Elohim of second opportunities. Amen. But that weighs heavy on me when it affects the rest of you that have traveled a long way to be at the feasts. And we don't want to deal and have to have a feast where there's chaos. It's not right. But what do we do as we are a mixed multitude? We're a mixed multitude. I had a conversation with somebody. Well, isn't it the feasts that we come and we have strong drink? I'm like, let's get real. Four and a half thousand years ago when you were wandering through the desert, you knew who the guy was who was brewing up the brew and there was accountability and responsibility. There wasn't liquor stores on every corner and drunk, drunkards and fornicators. We are in the exile. The last thing you need if you're a carnal person struggling with the carnal lower realms is to put gasoline on your chaos. That is not what it's talking about. And we're at a Nazarene camp, and you all saw the registration. It's a dry camp. Responsibility. Too much chaos. The solution to the chaotic person is to go down into the lower rungs of their nature, because that's their solution. What a terrible, terrible, terrible solution that is. It causes more chaos. Do you see? Yahweh can deal with our chaos. He's the solution to our chaos. But we have to be willing to submit to his order. And that's the rub. Chaos and evil. They are the realities of the Bible, for sure and for certain. It's central to the understanding of the Bible, is central to understanding bind betwixt chaos and order. When Paul came across a very base-rung, lower-natured assembly, where was that assembly? What was the most carnal assembly that was in the lower rungs of their nature? It was the Corinthians. They were base. Fornicators, drunkards, idolaters. Do you think that he was saying, hey, come to the feast of Sukkot and bring you a strong drink? Do you think that was his instruction? Or do you think his instruction would have been, get the chaos out of your life? 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33. You guys need to get some order in your life. 1 Corinthians 14, 33. He instructed order. Order. And I'm yelling at you. But it's not at you. It's at the reality of where we find ourselves. So please, 
Don't take this as yelling at you. I'm not looking at anyone. I'm not identifying anyone. This is just a reality. And this will make us stronger. This will help our families. This will help our camp of the righteous. Passover, Shavuot, and the three pilgrimage feasts, Torah to the tribes. We need to put in some order in the camp. Chaos and evil, order and goodness. What do you see? Evil everywhere or the possibility of change and goodness through the redemptive work of the Malkitzedic order that has been inaugurated in by the one who was there at creation. Stop saying, why did this happen to me? Stop it, now! That's a chaotic life. You're going to be stuck in the chaos. You'll never get away from it. It will hound you and plague you and destroy your life. Why did this happen to me? <gasps> no. Now that this has happened to me, what shall I do about it? That is order and it will bring forth goodness. Amen. Now that this has happened to me, what shall I do about it? I'm going to bring order and goodness into my life into my wife's life, my husband's life, my children's life, my grandchildren's life. It stops today and I change my life because I choose life. So if I'm talking about chaos and order, what better base of scripture to go to than a man who had a whole bunch of chaos that he was screaming out to Yahweh, bring order into my life. And who would that man be? Oh, you know it would. Let's go, let's look at Job. Because that's where I was yesterday. I want to hit four basic ideas for you and then question them all. Omnipotence. Omnipotence. Yahweh is all-powerful. Omnipotent. You might want to write these down. Omniscient. Yahweh is omniscient. He knows everything. He knows everything. Omnipresence. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. He's in the chaos. He's in the order. He's in the Malkitzedic order. Omnibenevolence. Omnibenevolence. He is good. All the time. And all the time he is good. Omnipotence. Omniscience. 
omnipresence and omnibenevolence. We're going to question all of them. Is he really? Is he? Is he? Is he? Well, Job questioned it. And then Eliphaz, he just comes along. He is the accuser of the brethren, isn't he? Eliphaz, you little devil. Oh, there's a devil behind every Eliphaz. You know, and we, it's, look, right? How many fingers are pointing back at me? And we've all seen it, right? Eliphaz. He's the accuser, the accuser of Job. I question these. Job questions these. In fact, let's turn there. Let's turn to Job. Let's just start right at the beginning. I don't have time to go through 40-odd chapters, but we can start in the first chapter, and I can read to you in the seventh verse. And Yahweh said to Satan, from, 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 from where, where do you come? Doesn't sound very omniscient to me. <laughs> Doesn't sound very omnipresent to me. This is what we're thinking from the prologue right here. He doesn't have a clue where S.A. Tan is. <laughs> He obviously isn't everywhere because he would have found him. So, right here in the prologue, we're questioning omnipotence and we are questioning omnipresence. And then we get to the accuser of the brethren, of course, Eliphaz, and he is going to question all others. Omnipotence, omnipotence presence, omnibenevolence, and omniscience. He will question it all, and he throws Job into a just this whole predicament. But Job eventually, as we know from the epilogue, he comes out victorious. But there's a whole lot that goes on between bind betwixt the chaos that you see right here in the prologue and the order that finally comes out in the epilogue. Job chapter 2, verse 3. Then Yahweh said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? that there is none like him on earth, a blameless and upright man who fears Elohim and shuns evil. Seems like he's living an ordered life. And still he holds fast to his integrity. Although you incited me against him to destroy him without cause. So now we have our creator, who's incited without cause and goes on to make a wager with Satan at the expense of you and me. Omnibenevolent, 
<laughs> Omnibenevolent. Doesn't sound very nice kind of Elohim to me. You know, just for a wager, let's wreck his life! <laughs> this is the book of Job. That's why whenever I have trouble with you lot, <laughs> no, it's really with my lot, right? That's why I go to the book of Job. It's not you. I'm just being facetious. Some of you are like, oh my goodness. <laughs> because if I point my finger at you, how many are pointing back at me? Right? Three, yes. Yahweh incites. Yahweh destroys without cause. Yahweh brings good, but he also brings some bad. He brings order, but he brings chaos. Eliphaz is the accuser. Look at chapter 15, verse 8. Have you heard the counsel of Yahuwah? Do you restrict wisdom to yourself? Do you know that we do not know? What do you understand that is not in us? You see, Eliphaz right here as the accuser. Have you heard the counsel of Yahuwah? Do you restrain him yourself? Do you restrain yourself? Because there is one thing. Eliphaz understands that Yahuwah can and will restrain his power. Yes, I believe that Yahuwah is omnipotent. But the Bible teaches that he restrains that powerful. He does not lord his power like Pharaoh. He doesn't wield it unmercifully like a tyrant. Yes, he is omnipotent, but this is what the heathen doesn't understand. He chooses to restrain and hold back that power to allow you and I to choose where we're going to live. Because in Revelation 21, it will be ordained that we will all live in order. But until then, we're bind betwixt. Even if your soul has been ordered by the blood of Yahushua, your physical life can still manifest chaos if you don't order it. That's the difference between being in the world and salvific order. There's a distinction. And too many people say, well, I accepted Yahushua as Messiah and now I have salvific order in my life. And then they go to live a life of chaos. Because one does not equate to the other. Because you still have a choice and you live in a chaotic world. Why do you look out and you see some families blessed and some families not? Because some are pressing into order and goodness, and some just exist and thrive in the chaos. And if order comes along, they run from it, because guess what? 
They love the chaos. It's an emotional high. It's a spiritual high. You see? Gravitates. Because you know what? Instead of me solving my problems, I'll run to your chaos and solve yours. Right? Wrong. Instead of me solving my chaos, I'm going to point out your chaos and provide myself as your solution. So you can idol. You see how it goes? Do you see how it goes? And this is what happens when the mixed multitude leave the world and they come to Sukkot. Right? And I'm not, I'm not preaching at you because I'm here too. And you ask my wife, and she said, oh yes, he's, he's got to get a lot of chaos out of his life too. Especially in how he is as a husband and a father. And you can laugh, but it's true. Any husband and any father knows that. But you ask my wife if I'm, if I'm, if I'm walking and striving and reaching out and apprehending order and goodness, and she'll say yes. As I will to her. But that doesn't mean that we don't struggle. But our heart, faith, and life is set on the good things. The land flowing with milk and honey. You see, Yahweh does want to keep you in goodness. Yahweh does want to keep you in the right paths. That's why he's provided his commandments. Because Yahweh is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. But he is not a tyrant. Therefore, he restricts himself and he binds himself by law. Don't care whether you believe in it or not. He has bound himself and your mortal bodies by the law of gravity. You don't believe in the law of gravity? That is fine. When you step off the cliff, it doesn't matter whether you believe in that law or not. That law will kick in. Are we all in agreement? If you're not in agreement, then please come with me. I have a cliff I'd like to push you off. I'm serious. I'd love to. I'd love to. Who wants to be pushed off a cliff? Okay. So we can all agree that Yahuwah is bound by laws. The law of preeminence is the blood-ratified book of the covenant that he has bound himself, and that is our salvific order out of this chaotic world. And that's where it begins. But he is also bound by pockets of randomness. He is also bound by pockets of chaos. Bad things happen to believers. And it's not your fault. And guess what? Yahweh didn't do it to you. I want you to get healed. I want to get healed. My wife just put a movie on the other week. And they had a rugby match in it. And I don't know what I did, but I did something. You can talk to her privately. I don't know if I fidgeted or something, 
But she's like, you have post-traumatic stress. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, you should have seen what you did when that rugby match of this, it was like, of course, set in a boarding school back in England in the 19th century, and they're playing rugby. And she's like, oh, you started to breathe really deep. You started, she, 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 she's observed, she's been married to me a long time. She, I'm like, really? She didn't say it, but pretty much, you got triggered. <laughs> to get healed too, okay? I don't want to have trauma when I'm watching a rugby match on the telly. And then we kind of did a self-analyzation of it, and we're like, well, yeah, the guy was playing in second row, the big scrawny six foot three. Yeah, that was me. Yes, yes, I played that very position. So anyway, Yahweh is bound by pockets of chaos. Pockets of chaos. We are in the 6,000 year cycle and we haven't arrived at Revelation 21 yet. Can we all admit to that reality? Yes. Too many of our brethren are stuck. They're stuck of what happened yesterday. And that's chaos. And it isn't specific to our feast site. I've been doing this a long time. And it is everywhere. And it's not a Hebrew roots. It's not a Malkit Zedek. It's a saint issue. Because we're coming out of Egypt. And it's a mixed multitude. And it is chaotic. That's why the first thing Yahuwah did was put in order. 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 And I had to leave yesterday to be able to disseminate the information. But first of all, Yahuwah had to speak to me because I knew that something had to be said. Because otherwise, we're not going to get the healing. And this is the season of healing. It's the season of joy. Amen. Too many of us, we believe that, that Yahuwah is like this divine parent that controls everything. Everything that happens to you, he willed it, and he was in control and allowed... No, no, that's so not true. But how many of us from our Christianese have bought into that wrong idea? Yahuwah is not a parent, a divine parent that controls everything. He doesn't will all the bad stuff that happens to you or has happened to you to happen. He just doesn't. There are pockets of randomness and chaos in the world. It is a result of our parents' sin, Adam and Eve. And yes, he has brought salvific order through the blood and redemption of Yahushua, but he has not yet ushered in Revelation 21 and order into this world. So we live 
bind betwixt. And we've got to help each other get out of the chaos. And we've got to help each other get into the order. And there is not a demon behind every single bush. There is not a demon behind every relationship problem that you have. Grow up, all of us. Matthew, grow up. I'm talking to myself just as much as I'm talking to you. If we believe that Yahweh is a parent that controls everything that happens to us, we will be stuck in chaos and we will adjust, we will adjust, excuse me, and interpret facts that will fit that assumption. And it's an assumption that is wrong. Not every painful thing that happens to us is beneficial. Not every painful thing that happens to us is beneficial. I know what your response is going to be. Oh, well, Yahweh will not give me more than I can bear. Well, that's asinine. Because then I would say, well, maybe, Matthew, if you were just, maybe, Matthew, if you were just a weaker person, then your wife wouldn't have miscarried. Maybe, Matthew, if you were just a weaker person, then this bad thing wouldn't have happened to you. And that, per that person wouldn't have died. Maybe if I was just weaker. Do you see how, do you see how it works? We make everything fit that assumption. And the assumption is wrong. Because bad things didn't happen to me just because I can endure. Right? Based upon my misinterpretation of Yahweh will not give us more than we can bear. And we all know that chapter and verse, don't we? Well, if I were a weaker person, then maybe Bobby would still be alive. Susie would still be alive. To say that everything works out in Yahweh's economy may be comforting to the casual bystander, but it is an insult to those of us that have been hurt, to those of us that have been broken, to those of us that have lost somebody. It's an insult. And then that person undergoes social condemnation. And then they undergo religious condemnation that is heaped upon their original tragedy. And it's compounding. All because you assumed that Yahweh is a parent that controls everything. But he doesn't. He restricts himself and allows pockets of chaos and disorder and randomness to happen in the physical world with spiritual ramification. Job chapter 4 verse 17. Can a mortal be more righteous than Yahweh?
Can a man be more pure than his maker? Job chapter 16, verse 1. I have heard many such things. Miserable comforters are you all. <laughs> How many of you have gone to a saint to be comforted? and walked away with miserable comforters are you all shall words of the wind have an end or what provokes you that you answer I also could speak as you do if your soul were in my soul's place I could heap up words against you and shake my head at you but I would strengthen you with my mouth and the comfort of my lips would relieve your grief. Though I speak my grief, it is not relieved. And if I remain silent, how am I eased? But now he has worn me out. Too many times we find the comfort of the saint compounds our hurt, compounds our loneliness, compounds our affliction and brings forth more chaos. How many of you have had hands laid on you and prayers ushered on you and walked away feeling more chaos than comfort? I know I have. Job chapter 40 verse 9. I hope you realize how I'm stepping out in faith just by doing this. Because I'm like, well, I had my teaching all ordered, and now I'm stepping out into the chaos. I've got no notes, just a few chicken scratches, but I know that Yahuwah will meet me in the midst of it all. So bear with me if it's not quite as organized in my thought as normal. It is what it is. Job chapter 40, verse 9. Verse 6. Then Yahweh answered Job out of the chaos. And he said, now prepare yourself like a man up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to answer you out of the chaos. Now man up. I will question you, and you will give an account. Would you indeed annul my judgment? Would you condemn me that you may be justified? Have you an arm like Yahweh? Or can you thunder like the voice like his? Then adorn yourself with the majesty and splendor. You do it. You try it. You try and array yourself with the majesty and the splendor, the glory and the beauty. You disperse the rage of your wrath. Look on everyone who is proud and humble him. Look on everyone who is proud and bring him low. Tread down the wicked in their place. Hide them in the dust together. Bind their faces in hidden darkness. Then, when? Then I will also confess to you that your own right hand can save you. This 
using metaphor, we can see this is as if Yahweh is saying to Job, hey, if, if you think that it is so easy to keep chaos and randomness from encroaching on the saint's life, you try it. You can blame me. How about blaming Adam and Eve and sin? Oh, Yahweh doesn't love me. How could he let this happen? You see? Yahweh's like, you try it then. I have limited myself, my omnipotence, my power, because I'm not a tyrant, and you chose to allow chaos back into the order that I formed. And because of my goodness, my mercy and my long-suffering, I brought my son down into your chaotic world, and he paid the price to at least bring you into salvific order and the Malkizedic order. But you're still living in a chaotic world, bind betwixt now Genesis and Revelation 21. The fall of man and Revelation 21, bind betwixt, is where you and I live. That's what Yahweh says. And really, if you want to look at this more in allegory and metaphor, turn to Job chapter 41 over the page, verse 1. And you will find the most ancient allegory and metaphor for chaos and randomness. It's that sea monster called Leviathan. Can you draw out chaos and randomness with a hook? Or snare chaos and randomness with a line which you lower? Can you put a reed through? You try it. If you think it's so easy to keep chaos in check, which you ushered in in the first place, after I already eradicated it by my spoken word, did you try it? Because I chose to restrict my power because of your free will. Because I'm not a tyrant. And love cannot exist without a choice. And Yahweh chose love over all. Therefore, he restricts his power and there is random chaotic things that happen to good saints like yourselves. But us sweeping it under the rug isn't going to help anybody, is it? Us allowing brethren to project their chaos onto our lives and find demons on everybody, in everything, and under everything isn't going to help us. Do I believe that there are 
paranormal, demonic activities for sure and for certain. But I do not believe that the majority of our conflicts are with principalities. The majority of our conflicts and troubles are because people are stuck in a chaotic life and they are excusing their behavior and projecting it onto principalities that are unseen of which you then are not held to any account. Will you take him as a servant forever? Verse 5. Will you play with him as with a bird? Or will you leash him for your maidens? Will your companions make a banquet of him? Will they apportion him among the merchants? Can you fill his skin with harpoons? Or lay his head with fishing spears? Lay your hand on chaos and acts of randomness. You have a go. You try it, Job. Get back to me. Leviathan is a metaphor for chaos and random, uncontrollable things in the world. Yahuwah works diligently at keeping chaos in check and limiting the damage of evil. But Adam and Eve invited it in. And we are living bind betwixt. Bind betwixt the fall of Adam and the redemption of mankind in the natural realm, Revelation 21. Just be blessed that Yahweh is a good Elohim and provided salvific order in between the times. That is goodness. But it doesn't mean that you can abdicate personal responsibility. I can't abdicate personal responsibility. And the troubles that we have are with brethren that abdicate personal responsibility. Oh. If you only knew what happened in my past. No, that's chaotic. That is going to produce evil and you will see a demon everywhere. Instead, now that that bad thing has happened to me, this is what I am going to do. Change the equation with Leviathan. I have no idea how long this teaching is going to go. Because there are many, many chapters in the book of Job. What do we got? 43? 42? And we haven't even gone through the whole chapter yet. Yahweh isn't doing bad to you. Yahweh isn't doing bad to me. The answer to my chaos, the answer to your chaos, is this. Yahweh, Yahweh, how should I? Do you see what's happening to me? Yahweh, can you help me with this? Please, Yahweh, help me. 
Do you see what's happening to me? Can you help me with this chaos, please? That's the answer. Please, can you help me order my life? Can you bring another saint in my life that will help me? Somebody who can be a good role model to me. Somebody who can exemplify order to show me. Please, Father, those have been my prayers. And Yahweh answers those prayers because you're taking responsibility. And you're reaching out for order. And there are some things that Yahweh will not control. There are some things that Yahweh will not control. And you're like, oh, I don't agree. We read the scriptures, and Yahweh tells us that he is the special protector of the widow, of the poor, and of the orphan. But there are some things that Yahweh will not control. How did they end up that way in the first place then? If Yahuwah is the special protector of the widow, the poor, and the orphan. I thought you said Yahuwah was the special protector. Well, how did they end up that way? There are some things that Yahuwah will not control. It is called restricting his power. There are pockets of randomness and chaos that are bouncing all around. And sometimes people get hit. Sometimes believers get hit. Deuteronomy, Devarim, chapter 20, verse 5. Yahuwah does not control where the arrows in warfare land. Yahweh does not control where the arrows land in war. The second law of thermodynamics is the law of entropy. There is going to be more and more randomness, more and more pockets of chaos in this world that you and I live in until... Revelation chapter 21. It's going to get worse. It's going to be more random. Hillary Clinton may even decide to try it again in 2020. That's chaotic randomness. It's going to get worse. A lot worse before Revelation 21 because this is the second law of thermodynamics, the law of entropy until Revelation 21 comes. There was chaos. Yahweh spoke in order. Adam sinned and now chaos reigns. He brought forth his son to bring in salvific order and the Malkitzedic order until order is brought in again in Revelation 21. We live bind betwixt. Yahweh isn't the cause of all of your pain. Bad things happen to saints and believers 
randomness, random acts of chaos happen because he chooses to restrict his power so that love and choice can prevail. Some things happen not contrary to the scripture, but outside of the scripture. It's chaos. It's chaos. Quantum physics tells us that things happen at random. And pain is the price that you and I pay for breathing. I can burn your hair, not my hair, and you won't feel any pain. I can bite my fingernails and I won't feel any pain. But because we're alive, we feel pain. That's the price of being alive. Get over it. Get over it. If you don't want to feel any pain, it's because you're dead. But the problem is, don't dwell in the chaos. Move into the order. Saints, you all need, I need sympathy. I need empathy. I need compassion. I need your prayers. I need your comfort. Saints, you all need each other's sympathy. You all need empathy. You all need compassion. You all need prayers. And we all need confirmation of our emotions. You need confirmation of your emotions. And you need some reassurance. I know I need some reassurance that I'm not always guilty. And you need to be reassured that you're not always guilty for the bad things that happen in your life. Sometimes it's just chaotic. Sometimes it is just random. And what happened to you? It isn't always fair. It isn't always fair because the fairness doctrine is S.A. Tan's doctrine. Life and breathing isn't fair. It's not supposed to be. And again, just to keep pounding the hammer on the nail, it's not, why did this happen to me? But now that it has, what shall I do? Now that it has, what shall I do? And it really is bind betwixt. A choice has to be made. What are you and I going to do? Now we live between Genesis and the fall and Revelation 21. What are we going to do? I love the book of Job. I've spent so much time in it, and I will, as long as I feel pain. There's three statements. we close. Three statements, because we don't have time to read 42 chapters. We could, but we won't. There's three statements that the book's characters all would like to believe. 
there's three statements they would all like to believe. And what draws me to the book isn't the prologue, and it isn't the epilogue, but it's the 40 chapters bind betwixt. That's what draws me. It's not the prologue, it's not the epilogue, it's what's in between. The first statement that the characters want to believe, the second statement and the third statement, but they have to be willing to sacrifice one of the statements in order to keep believing the two. Number one, Yahuwah lords all power and he causes everything to happen in the world. Nothing happens without Yahuwah willing it. That's the first statement that all the book's characters would like to believe. That Yahuwah lords and wields all power. He causes everything to happen in the world. Everything to happen in your life. And that nothing happens in this world and nothing happens in your life without Yahuwah willing it. The second statement that the book's characters would like to believe is that Yahuwah is just and fair. Mankind reaps what he sows, the wicked punishment and the just blessing. The third statement that all the book's characters would just love to believe is that Job is a good person. Job is a good person. So this whole book, Bind Betwixt, in between the prologue and the epilogue, is about which of these statements are we willing to sacrifice so that we can still continue believing in the other two? And you're going to have to wrestle for that. I know I do. I still wrestle with it. Which of these statements are we willing to sacrifice so that we can still continue believing in the other two? Well, look at the counselors. It's real easy for them. They stopped believing in number three. <laughs> you know what? When we're living in a chaotic world, when we live in chaos, she's got a demon! He's got a demon! I stop believing that you're good. It's the first thing that I'm going to do. You see? See how easy it is? It's a chaotic world, is where the counselors lived. They were willing to sacrifice number three really quickly. Really quickly. 
hyper-spirituality will always sacrifice another person's goodness instead of trying to help them get from chaos into order. Job, he chose to stop believing number two. Yahuwah is just unfair. Because Job believed number one. He believed that Yahuwah is all-powerful. So he's not limited by fairness and justice. So Job stopped believing. Number two. The author of the book, which isn't Job, takes the position to stop believing number one is true. If you think it's so easy to keep the world straight and without chaos happening to people, you try it. You try it. Leviathan, the age-old metaphor of trying to limit chaos and disorder in the life of good people. Whose age-old parents, Abdom and Eve, ushered in the chaos in which we now live. You try it, Yahweh says. You try it. Because we're not at Revelation 21 yet. We live bind betwixt. Don't sacrifice number three because you don't want to move out of the chaos and the disorder in your life. Not everybody is bad. Not everybody is bad. Look for the order, look for the goodness, and that's how we can change the feasts of tabernacles. That's how we can change our lives, is by taking that responsibility. Leviathan is the symbol of Yahuwah's struggle with keeping chaos in check. How can Yahuwah expect that Yaakov, Jacob, would struggle to find enlightenment, yet he wouldn't be willing to struggle himself. Yahuwah limits himself to the struggle because he has empathy for your and mine struggle. And Yahuwah struggles with keeping the chaos in check. Yahuwah is still on your side, saints. He is still on your side, even when bad things happen to you. He is still on your side. The author of the book of Job believes in Yahuwah's goodness. And he believes in Job's goodness. I choose to believe in Yahuwah's goodness. And I believe and choose to believe in your goodness. And if we can be that Malkizedic priesthood, then we can change the world, because first and foremost, we have applied the salvific order to our life, which is the redemptive blood of Yahushua, our Messiah.
So the author believes in Yahweh's goodness and Job's goodness. But chaos will always focus on Satan, and Satan always enlightens chaos, and people remain stuck. In fact, those that are stuck in the chaos, they chase the chaos. They try to make goodness the feast of Yahuwah and turn it into chaos. Because chaos is full of power and energy and emotional vitality. But then they crash into a depression of despair and turn to sexual immorality, to drunkenness and all kinds of revelries because they are bewitched by the lower rungs of their carnality and chaos ensues and seeks to destroy their very life. I don't want to see it ever, ever again at a feast of Yahweh. I don't want to experience it. Yet I know that I will have to contend with Leviathan as you will. But I chose today to shine the light in the darkness. And now we've sniffed out the little foxes that try to spoil the vines so that we can be aware of what's happening. And with that light, we dispel the darkness. Yahuwah doesn't thank you. Praise Yahuwah. Yahuwah does not lord his power like a tyrant. Bad things happen to the saints. We live in a chaotic world. And there are pockets of randomness everywhere. Yahuwah doesn't always will it. He doesn't will the bad things that happened in your life. Yahuwah would like people to get what they deserve in life, but he won't always arrange it. He won't always arrange it. He chooses to restrain and limit his power. Forced to choose. Forced to choose between a good Elohim who isn't a lorder of power and an Elohim who isn't totally good, the author of the book of Job chooses to believe in Yahuwah's goodness. And that's what I believe, in his goodness. And his goodness changes the equation because it will bring us to Revelation 21, where finally we have the salvific order and goodness now in the created world of order and goodness. And that's an Echad unity that will come on the last seventh day of Shalom, of which we have not yet arrived in Revelation 21. And that is something for us to apprehend fully, isn't it? No longer looking back, but looking forward to the goodness and the order.